ബ്രഹ്മാനന്ദം പരമസുഖാദം കേവലം ജ്ഞാനമൂർത്തിം ദന്ത്വാതീതം ഗഗനസദൃശം തത്വമശാദിലക്ഷം ഏകം നിത്യം വിമലമാക്ഷാനം സാർവദേശാക്ഷിഭൂതം ഭവാതീതം ത്രിഗുണരഹിതം Sadgurum Tvam Namani The Guru is beyond all qualities. The Guru is Brahman. I bow to him in that state that I also bow to him in all of you because all of us have that potential to attain that which the great masters of all ages have attained. Our destiny is that. It's the only thing you can never get away from. You can run a thousand lives in all directions you want. You can never get away from who you really are. I'd like to read, however, a very interesting passage in this book, Conversations with Yogananda. Samadhi is no Sunday outing, no lark one experiences for the mere fun of it. It creates an absolute revolution in one's consciousness. Samadhi is altogether different from anything the ego can possibly imagine. Dr. Lewis once said to me, I kept asking the master to give me a samadhi. One day I backed him into a corner, so to speak, and insisted he give me, a, give me samadhi this very minute. The master looked at me deeply, demanded almost fiercely, are you ready for it, if I give it to you, this very minute? Can you accept a complete change of outlook on everything? My will faltered. I looked down. No, sir. I had to confess, I guess I'm not ready yet. I'm reminded of something another disciple told me. I once asked St. Lynn to give me a taste of ecstasy. He answered, if I gave it to you now, you would not be able to bear your life as it is. What an absolute contrast is formed between the normal consciousness of the ego with its desires and its pettiness and that infinite consciousness which breaks all conceptions of who you are. You no longer in that state of, sam of samadhi can imagine yourself as just a little tiny being. There are, however, two stages of samadhi, basically. The first is called sabhikapa samadhi. In that state, you go into the infinite, but there is still a little lingering recollection, like I, the little Ram Gopal, am I the, never, the uh, little uh, Ram Gopal am nevertheless infinite, or I who am infinite, Nevertheless, remember still that I am also Ram Gopal. In other words, the subconscious is tugging at you. And then, gradually, as you break that hypnosis and you don't come down again into that state and think that I am um, really the, the ego experiencing a greater state, when you can really break that, and mind you, it's been yours for a long time and it's not easy to break, but once you've done it, That is the state known as nirvikalpa samadhi. 
My guru said to me that you won't be free until you have attained that state. So that's what we're all looking for. We're striving to attain that state. But don't forget that there's a certain amount of, uh, it's a bit appalling to think of yourself as suddenly omnipresent. You're not even omnipresent in your own body. You look down at your body, but you're in your brain. You're not even omnipresent in your brain. You're in a little tiny spark, a little tiny nucleus in your own medulla oblongata, where the sense of this ego is actually centered. We need to break through all that. And it does take time. In order to achieve it, however, we should always try to affirm that that is what we are. That's why my guru told me, told us, I should say, us disciples, memorize my poem Samadhi. You'll find it in his book, Autobiography of a Yogi. Memorize that poem and repeat it every day. I, the cosmic sea, watch the little ego floating in me. Gone, the flickering shadows of mortal memory. I, and that infinite I, the sea of I, the little the tiny bubble of laughter, and become the sea of mirth itself. There's a very important line in that poem also. By deeper, longer, thirsty guru-given meditation comes this celestial samadhi. You can't get it by mere wishful thinking. You can't get it by intellectual open-mindedness. You can't get it only by visualizing and thinking about it. Nonetheless, that helps to stimulate what Patanjali in his Yoga, Astra, uh, Yoga Sutra said is the state of enlightenment. It is a process of smriti. You go deep and deeper and still deeper in your meditation and suddenly you remember, oh, that's what I am. You need the Guru's help to, help to, to bring you to that memory, but it is a memory. It's not something that you have to reach out to and achieve. It's finally settling down and accepting this is what you are. Samadhi is freedom. Ego is bondage. I'll never forget some of my relatives coming to visit me, and I was talking to them about how she, she was my, my uh, cousin. She was a cousin of my mother was really quite upset with me for calling my guru master. And I said, but, but Sue, you're, you're, a, you're not free, and he's not my master. I call him master because he's master of himself. Well, she sort of grudgingly accepted that. But when I said that um, you're, uh, we aren't masters of ourselves, she said, of course I'm a master. This is a free country. I can vote, can't I? I can go anywhere I want to, can't I? No, that's not freedom. Freedom is when you're out of your ego. Your ego is a bondage. And it's so difficult to break. My guru told about the, a bird that may be in a cage for 20 years. If you open the door to the cage, the bird huddles in the back. It's afraid to come out. Its nature is to fly. And yet it's become habit, habituated to living in a cage. And if you leave the door there, the bird maybe will hop out a little bit. Oh, this terrible world. He runs, pops back into his cage and huddles there again. 
It's only after a little while that the bird begins finally to come outside, look around. Well, the sky hasn't fallen down, and flicker its wings a little bit, and all of a sudden it's flying, something it never dreamed it could do, and yet its nature is to fly. And so it is that we, as uh, souls, not as egos, but the soul longs for that state, but the ego is afraid of it. And the ego says, oh, this horrible, cold, dreadfully vast universe. The first time you experience breathlessness, you may say, oh, I'm not breathing, what's the matter? And you come down again. Again and again, you have to sort of hop outside your cave a little bit, a cage, I mean, get used to it, and then gradually begin to find, oh, this is where I belong, this is my nature. But it takes a while. I remember there was a center leader of our organization in Paris. His name was Constant Desquets. It's long ago, and uh, he's long gone by now from this body. But this was in 1955 when I went to visit them. And I had always heard that this man had had a terrible experience in practicing Kriya Yoga. I thought, well, I'd never heard of anybody having a bad experience practicing Kriya Yoga. So I wanted to know what, what was, I wanted to meet this man. Well, I finally got this opportunity to meet him. And he took me into a side room and closed the door and he told me about this terrible experience he'd had. He said, I was doing Kriya and suddenly this light appeared and I found myself melting into that light. I was frightened. Well, that's just the ego. The ego doesn't want to merge into that light. The ego doesn't like these high experiences. But boy, we, I should live so long. That was a wonderful experience. He just wasn't mentally ready for it. But it's there, and it's what will... That is who you are. You are that light. You are that infinite consciousness. You're not just this little body and ego with its aches and pains and its hungers and need to sleep and wish to be petted and uh, stroked and all the different things that people want in their bodies. You're not this. Think of a, uh, a dog, and you pet it, and then you stop stroking it and petting it, and he comes up and strokes against you, trying to get you to continue. Um, we're just like that little dog, as long as we live in ego consciousness. Go beyond that. What The very sense of touch is based on the desire to touch the bliss and energy of the whole universe. Every sense can be exalted. The sense of sight can be exalted by the divine light. The sense of sound can be, divided, be exalted in the Om and in the wonderful music and sounds that come in the inner world. You know, every different chakra in your spine has a particular vibration, a particular sound. The drum that you feel in the lowest chakra, the, the uh, sound, it's like the Mridanga, when you chant, or the Dholak, when you're chanting God's name, the rhythms of that help to stir you toward spirituality. Well, that drumbeat in your lowest chakra is the, the beginning of awakening. The flute that comes in the next chakra, the, the um, Vishuddha chakra, or is that the Swadhisthana chakra? Um, that is the sound like Krishna's flute in the forest calling to the gopis. That's the guru calling to you out of the, uh, out of the forest of, of 
silence, the wilderness where all desires, the shrubs of desires no longer are, and he's calling to you through that sound. The Manipur chakra with the sounds of a plucked string instrument, you actually hear that. The heart with a deep gong bell. The, 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 uh, the Shuddha chakra in, in the throat, the, the feeling of uh, like wind in the trees, just it's heavenly to listen to. And then the great Om behind all of that, which combines all these things. And all beautiful songs and all beautiful melodies come out of that great vibration. Everything that you are, in fact, finally comes out of that vibration. But if you can go behind your senses, then suddenly you've discovered another world and so much more beautiful. Mind you, even the astral world is nothing. My, my guru's guru in his great vision in autobiography of a yogi where the resurrection of Sri Yukteswar, that chapter, he says that when uh, the, a person reaches the point where he no longer has the desire for the gaudy pleasures of the astral world, then he goes into the causal world with its lightless light, darkness dark. The mind and the ego can't understand these states, but that's who you really are. And if you live in that affirmation instead of always thinking, oh, well, I'm not that, Live in that thought. Yes, you know you're not. You can't delude yourself into uh, becoming that. But it does. Even that visualization will help you to expand your consciousness. One visualization will help you is to just think when you meditate of a light around your body and see that light expanding out to infinity and feel that you are expanding with that light and that you are in the stars you were in the planets, you were in the cities, and the, planet, and the continents, the great oceans. The thoughts of all men are a part of your own self. How many lives we have to wander looking for this truth, and yet it is who we are. Through all the joys, through all the pains, through all the ups and downs of life, this is what you are seeking, and you think you're going to find it in things, but ultimately... That desire is satisfied only in your own self. Joy to you. Through many lives I've drunk the cup of laughter No man could tell the pleasures I have known the stars in the endless sky If one could count would come to billions Yet as vast as are their numbers So many years I've wandered far from you Yet as vast as are their numbers So many years I've wandered far from you Through many lives I've drunk the cup of sorrow no man could tell 
the bitter tears I've shed, the drops in the endless sea, if one could count, would come to billions, yet as vast as other numbers, so many years I've wandered far from you. Through countless lives I've sought your cup of sweetness, found other cups, yet thirsted evermore. The streams in the hills of time all found their way into a desert. Every noon of bright fulfillment, ere many hours did sink to evening gloom. Every noon of bright fulfillment, ere many did sink to evening gloom. I long for you in summer and in winter, only for you my heart thirsts day and night. I've learned that the sweetest songs ears ever heard were but your echo. Lord, at last, fill me completely, for nevermore I'd wander far from you. Lord, at last, fill me completely, for nevermore I'd wander far from you.